Have the desire to learn but never enough time? Each month we turn one of our webinars into a podcast so you can listen to it anywhere at any time. But for May 2019, we had two great webinars we just could not decide between. So you get a twofer. And this month's webinars of the month are The Road Ahead for Dynamics 365 Business Central, presented by Chad Sogi and Jared Hall with Microsoft, and also New Features in Business Central, presented by Alistair Rumeo with CloudFronts. And don't forget, as a user group member, you can access over 700 hours of on-demand learning at nabog.com. Enjoy the podcasts. Welcome everyone to the Road Ahead for Dynamics 365 Business Central. From Microsoft, we have Chad Sogi, Principal Group Program Manager, and Jared Hall, Senior Program Manager. Welcome, Chad and Jared. Good morning, good afternoon, everybody. All right, let me show my screen. Lori, is this okay? Can you see it? We can see it. Take it. Excellent. Well, um, thank you for uh, joining today. I know you have uh, a lot uh, on your different plates, but we'd like to share a little bit of the uh, roadmap um, of Business Central, including the April release and a little bit of a glimpse into what our next release plans are for the future. My name is Chad Sogi. I am a principal group program manager. It becomes a long title, but essentially it means that I work in our research and development team. Um, we have two locations that work on Business Central. We have the Fargo, North Dakota office of which Jared and I uh, reside. And then we have Copenhagen, of course, uh, as well. So I have the opportunity to lead program managers in this effort. And joining me today is Jared Hall. Uh, Jared Hall, I'm a senior program manager on Chad's team and do similar work to what Chad said, working with him on finding strategy on research and development for the future of Business Central. So we're excited to talk about that future today. So we have a few slides to go through today, um, but uh, some of them we're just going to set up in general with a vision of both Microsoft, Microsoft Cloud, and of course Business Central as well as dive into some of the most recent functionality that's been released with the April version and, and talk about the roadmap because it all ties together. And so you've maybe seen this slide if you've uh, heard any Microsoft presentations lately, and uh, particularly way, the way that we're working, we're looking at the digital transformation that's happening um, in your businesses and in businesses across the globe. Uh, and we've broken it down into four distinct areas. We want to engage customers. And so what can we do from the Dynamics 365 sales or service uh, marketing areas to really get that engagement with your customers and to have that opportunity to see what's happening there? We want to optimize operations. A lot of that optimizing of operations comes from solutions such as Business Central that do a great job of handling all of your, not just financials, but your uh, supply chain management, your professional services, all of that. Transform products, uh, the areas of saying what kind of products do you need to satisfy the marketplace and how do you make those products uh, give you feedback, give you data in this digital world uh, to understand if they need new service requests because they're about to break in a factory floor, for example. And then empower employees, the biggest asset that all of you have are your employees, and it's no different for us. It's how do we empower employees to learn, to grow, to make great decisions, and to help drive the business forward. All of this, we believe, comes with data and intelligence, and that's the heart and soul 
of what we talk about when we talk about the digital transformation. And you see this evident in the Business Central work we're doing with our machine learning, with our Power BI, with Power Apps. All of that is uh, aggregating into a very strong data platform that we can then help businesses make decisions based on forward-looking and machine learning algorithms. Now, we put all of that together at Microsoft within the Microsoft Cloud. And what we call the Microsoft Cloud in case of Business Central or Dynamics 365 are three distinct areas. Of course, in the center is your Business Central application. Um, this can also be the sales application, the service application, anything that comes out of the Dynamics 365 that gathers your data, builds the intelligence. We run all of that on Microsoft Azure, the fastest growing hosting platform uh, in the world uh, and a very, very scalable, sizable um, so, uh, platform and hosting area with data centers across the world. And then using Microsoft 365, tying together the operating systems, the office integration systems, all of those helps you get to a point where we have uh, the solutions that we need. And we'll take care of that hammering in just a second. Someone must be building something outside of the room. When it comes to Business Central, what Business Central is, is a solution that is an all-in-one solution set. And so we have project management, we have operations, we have reporting, supply chain, sales and service management, and of course financial management, all tied together in your Business Central service. Um, I'm talking from a cloud service standpoint, but we also have Business Central on-prem, which many of you in the line may be using as well. We wrap that with the data and intelligence, and all that data gathered then can be turned into machine learning. It can be turned into all kinds of artificial intelligence algorithms. And we can then expose that through the Power Platform. And with Power Platform, we're talking about Power BI with some of the solutions that we have within Power BI. Uh, we're talking about Power Apps and the integrations we have there where you can build point apps for certain business scenarios that you have that you need to read data and write back data to Business Central. Um, think of a stock count if you wanted to put a mobile app on a phone, for example. And then Flow, which is a workflow engine, an approval engine uh, that is tied into your systems. When we then take that Power Platform work and tie it to Business Central, we build off of four key areas within our solution set or four key themes as we look at building out our solutions. We look at our modern experiences and a modern user experience and, uh, and, and UI. Uh, a unified solution. So when you move from Office with the Outlook add-in to Business Central to Power Apps, we want that to flow very seamlessly. Um, we have that tied in very, very well where you have a unified experience depending on what your organization is trying to utilize. The intelligence we've talked about, and then of course it's adaptable with over 300 app source apps that are available today and the ability to do per-tenant extensions or customizations, it's a powerful solution uh, that you can leverage. We've also worked as an organization on becoming much more transparent about the releases and what's coming in the future. So we have introduced the release notes for Dynamics 365 and Power Platform, the April release notes, which cover April through September versions of all of our products, um, is published. It's got 350 plus new capability and new application. I think it's 350 pages. It's a, a very, very big document of which Business Central is one of the components in there. So this gives you an idea of where we're going. We will soon be publishing the October release notes. And the reason for April and October, those are our major update cadences across our product family. 
So we do a uh, we do minor versions uh, monthly, and we do major updates April 1st and October 1st. And what our goal is is with the October uh, release notes that'll come out in a few weeks, that gives you an idea of what's going to be in the next major update, so you can plan your business. If you can wait for that feature, fantastic. If you can't, you can build a pertinent customization, or maybe you need to shop for an app source app. But we want to make it very clear what we're working on so you have an opportunity to run your business and plan your business. And I said we'd spend some time on the roadmap here. And what we have from a roadmap perspective is we look at, a, again, our major investments. Uh, the first thing with Business Central is that we want to run a world-class cloud service. Uh, we have this all hosted in Azure um, from a Business Central uh, SaaS perspective uh, with our monthly updates. We have a modern, productive user interface, and you'll see that in some of the slides and some of the dialogue that we talk about, as well as our go-forward strategy around the modern clients. Um, we are not going to continue to evolve the Windows client. That's a major thing that customers need to be aware of when it comes to the October release. Um, there will not be a Windows client released in October. It will all be the modern client. We have modern ISV and VAR tools. We've moved away from the Seaside and CAL coding into AL and Visual Studio code. So we've modernized that app, uh, the, the way that you build it, the way that you build extensions, the way you call into events. Um, that enables us to do more uh, with some of the different developers that come out of college or different developers that are in industry, they can pick this tooling up much more easily than they could the proprietary tooling that we had with Business Central before. And of course, it's an integrated Microsoft solution. So you've seen us demo this several times with integration directly into Outlook, uh, Excel, uh, integration into sales, uh, integration into um, the power platform, and that's some of the themes that we drive towards when we're doing this work. So with the roadmap, you've seen this roadmap, I hope, uh, in the past. April 2018 was the first time we came together for our, um, for our business central solution, which was the full NAV product in the cloud. Last October, we brought forward into one version the cloud and the on-prem solution. So when you buy Business Central or you upgrade to Business Central from any version of NAV, this is simply the next version of NAV on-prem is called Business Central. When you do that, you have the opportunity to stay on-prem or you have the opportunity to move into the cloud and have it hosted by Microsoft and run on our Azure services. That was the major thing we did in October. And we had plans that we delivered at that time saying we're going to work on proficiency, modern clients, et cetera. Now we've since had a release, and that release came out April 1st. Jared, I'm stuck. Is there any way you can? Thank you. Uh, we had that release come out April 1st with our next version, and there was a number of feature enhancements, client enhancements, Power Apps, Power Flow, et cetera, put into that. And we're going to spend some time right now going through that in kind of a rapid cadence, and then I'll come back after after we get through that and talk about the next phase, the October release. So I'm going to turn it over to Jared at this moment to start on the journey with the April version. All right. Thanks, Chad. Uh, so as we look at the roadmap and we talk through uh, some of the features that we see at the future, let's start with where we are now in looking at and looking at some of the features that we've just released in our April 2019 release. Uh, so what I'm going to do, Chad mentioned, it's going to be rapid cadence. Uh, and what we've done is we've put together a list of our 35 
top favorite application features. Uh, and we're going to go through them really fast, really high level. Uh, and the goal here is that uh, Chad showed our release notes. We have documentation on each of these, but we want to just highlight uh, each of these quickly and let you uh, dig into the documentation and release notes for more detail on each of these if you see something that really stands out to you. It gives you the opportunity to, to, to jump out to that documentation and, and see more after you've uh, gotten the highlight from what we're looking at here. So let's start. Uh, application functionality. One of our first things that we've worked on and one of our focuses has been on application performance. And this is both for our SaaS, our cloud product, and our on-prem product. It's just improving the, the stability and performance of the, of the product itself. Uh, for example, 50% performance improvements on role centers. The first thing you see when you log into the application, we wanted that to, to load faster. And so we've done some smart caching of data to, to have that experience be a faster load and get you back to starting your work as quickly as possible. Another common workflow is your lead to cache. Uh, so that's processes like uh, invoicing, shipments, uh, bulk invoicing of shipments, and, and printing. So each of those products, product uh, areas of the lead to cash process, you're going to see 40 up to 40% improvements uh, in that whole process to speed up and streamline that experience. For rapid start, uh, two times improvements in performance there, uh, just because of the parallel processing that we're doing with tables in doing that import and speeding up that process for you to get that data into the system. So that's, a, that's been a focus area for us. But let's look at some of the specific application features and start by talking about how we get ideas for these features. Uh, for the program management team that Chad leads and our, and our colleagues across the world, when we do program management for Business Central, we spend a lot of time talking to end users and customers. Uh, and we love the BCUG and the NAVUG uh, for this because it gives us the opportunity to, to talk to each of you and get your ideas and get your feedback on the product. Uh, so we travel the world, go to conferences, uh, talk individually to each of you, do on-site visits, and it's a great experience for us to see how are you using the system and what do you want us to do in the future. And so the ideas that we talk about, and you see these new features coming into the application, these are from you. Uh, and I want to highlight specifically one area where we spend a lot of time getting ideas is aka.ms slash bcideas. The program management team spends time every week sitting down and reading through all of these ideas uh, and adding the, adding the ones that are important to our engineering backlog. That's where these ideas come from and you have a big impact on our engineering work. Over the last six months, the work that we've done has been, uh, we've gotten in 100 plus features and this is a scrolling view of all those. And we want to talk about, uh, quickly, I'll just go through 35 of our, of our favorites uh, that came from ideas that you've given in just the last six months. First one, uh, it's, a, it's a small feature, but huge for a lot of people. It's just expanding the description and name fields to 100 characters. Uh, previously, there was a limit of 50. Now you can do 100. Go to the next one. Uh, physical inventory orders. Uh, with physical inventory for larger, uh, large-scale inventory counting and processes, uh, this can be a big, uh, a big effort. And it was previously done in journals, which didn't allow a lot of flexibility. So now we've added these physical inventory orders that let you distribute the work better uh, across multiple uh, people in the warehouse. But just for that process of making sure you know what's in your warehouse, you have these physical inventory orders an additional statistics page for each of these that let uh, give you better uh, functionality in, create, in doing these counts 
in your physical inventory and streamlining that process. You can now select multiple items to add to a sales and purchase document. When you're entering that sales invoice or sales order, purchase order, uh, instead of having to add an item individually for each line, uh, there's an action on the line uh, that select items. It opens up the list, you can multi-select, and it will bulk insert the, that list of items into your, into your document. Uh, another option is on your sales and receivables setup. If you select the default item quantity, it will also populate uh, a default quantity onto that item. We, we, you now have the option as well to determine the, the quote valid date, valid to date, uh, and enter a formula in the sales and receivables setup page that will default a, a quote valid to date on your quotes. You don't want your quotes sitting out there until the end of time. Uh, these do expire, and you can determine the formula. For example, if you're in your sales and receivables setup, you just say 1M. That means that it'll calculate the quote valid to date. Uh, by adding one month to your uh, to your document date. And then there's a process where you can go through and clean up all your expired ones, archive them, uh, and have those cleaned up so you don't have uh, quotes sitting out until the end of time. Using these date formulas, you can also add these on uh, scheduled jobs. If you're running background jobs uh, for reports or other jobs that you have running, you can use that formula uh, by entering that in the next run date formula field uh, for that background job. It just schedules it for you and lets, gives you flexibility on the, when that job is going to be run. Next one is uh, being able to control the uh, control item creation from lookups on documents. So there's a check when you enter a line item on a document uh, to see if that item actually exists. And if it doesn't exist, there's a message that gets thrown up that uh, says this item exists, do you want to add it? Uh, but if you're doing bulk imports of those items onto documents, that can throw off your process and interrupt that. So now there's the option to skip that check so that you can do that bulk import, run the process, uh, and have that run seamlessly rather than having the message you know, pop up and interrupt that process. So that's an option on your inventory setup. Next one is being able to copy customer dimensions to jobs created for the customer. On a job, if you're using the jobs module, uh, when you create a new job and add a customer, we will also copy the default dimensions assigned to that customer onto the job. So you don't have to add those, those manually. Uh, and that just leads to consistent reporting. Those, uh, those dimensions are then there and available for the job. If you're using uh, configuration templates, these are templates that are used for creating customers, vendors, items, or contacts when on the, on the cards for each of those entities. When you open that up, you can select those templates. And when you set those up, we now have an option that lets you more quickly create those configuration templates by copying from a previous one. Uh, so it's a quick experience. Find the one that you want to copy, copy it to a new template, make any changes you need to, and you have a new template set up for creating the, those new items or master records. Another big one is uh, being able to merge duplicate customers, vendors, or contacts. If someone accidentally creates a new, uh, a new customer vendor or contact that already existed and you have duplicates sitting out there, or if you, they actually are separate entities that need to be merged together for another reason, you now have that option. 
on the customer card or vendor or contact you open up and the action is available to merge the record. Uh, it gives you the option to look through and see which fields you want to keep from each of those uh, entities. You merge them and, uh, and then you're left with one record rather than two. Another one is dynamically setting shortcut dimension columns in lists, documents, and journals. Uh, prior to this, you had your global dimensions that would show up uh, on your general ledger fields or on other line items, but shortcut dimensions had to be opened from your dimensions page. Now those shortcut dimensions can be added to the list so you can uh, dynamically add those as you're adding the document without having to open up that dimensions page separately. Uh, streamlines the experience and makes it a little bit quicker in entering those documents. Bulk import of item pictures. If you're adding item pictures uh, to each of your items on the, the item card, rather than having to do that one by one, you can just simply zip up all of your images as long as the file names are named with the item number. Uh, open up this import item pictures page, select your zip file, and it will uh, determine which uh, match up your images to the item number based on the file name. And you can import those in bulk, saving you a bit of, uh, quite a bit of time. Payment information is now added to the customer statistics on the, uh, on the, uh, on the list. So uh, customer and vendor statistics facts boxes. So if you're looking through the list, that's quick access to information. You can see their total payments and last payment received date um, straight from the list. Uh, so you don't have to open the card. You have access to that information there. Looking up SWIFT codes, you can now create a list of all of your SWIFT codes for your banks and use that as a lookup uh, for where the, that bank information is used. Uh, it's just a lookup so you don't have to manually type that as free text every time you need to, to identify that bank throughout the application. It's now a lookup for you, for you to use and you only have to enter the code once. For, uh, for several releases, we've had the ability for you to use, uh, to select, uh, select specific reports for sales and purchasing processes. Uh, and we now have added the ability to do that for warehouse documents. Or when you're going through the warehousing functionality for each of these, you know, put away, pick, movement, inventory, put away through the rest of this list, you can select a, a report that'll be used uh, for each of those processes. Uh, that gives you the ability to create custom reports uh, and, and have that custom report used uh, for each of these processes. We've added the creation time on, uh, on registers. Uh, previously, you had, the, uh, you had the document date on these registers, but we've now added the creation date and creation time, so you have something else that you can use to search through these lists and sort by those lists to make it easier to find documents within these registers. The external document number has, uh, it, it's been a, a, a field that's been in the system for a long time. That's the field where you'd, on a sales document, you would enter the purchase order number from your customer. Uh, and when the customer calls and they are asking information about the, the sales document in your system, they'll give you their purchase order number. Uh, and it's been on the, the sales order, but now that number is also transferred to the posted sales invoices and shipments. So if you get a call from your customer and they reference that external document number, it makes it easy to find and search for that document on the posted sales invoices and shipments as well as that order. 
this is a fairly simple one, but one that makes a big impact. It's the item descriptions, customer and vendor names are now listed on the ledger entries. So you have the ability to see that rather than just having to search by the number, the item number, customer or vendor number, you can also see the description and search by the description through those, uh, through those ledger entries, uh, making it a little bit easier to find what you're looking for as you scroll down that list of ledger entries. In the GL account setup, we have a where used list action. And uh, this action will give you a list of all the places where that specific account has been used throughout the base application. What's new in the April release is that the where used list functionality will also search through all localized version fields and also any extension fields. So if you've customized the application and added a, an account field somewhere else in the application through your customization, that will also show up in the where used list. So you get a, a now comprehensive list throughout the entire application of where that account is used. Document attachments, uh, this is functionality that lets you attach any kind of file to, to a sales or purchasing document. So if you have a, a purchase order in the system and the, your vendor has sent you a, the purchase order as a PDF, you can attach that to the document uh, in the system. And that's functionality that we added uh, a few versions back. What's new in this release is that you can now access that uh, attached document from the customer ledger entries, vendor ledger entries, and all the apply entries pages as you apply payments to those ledger entries. So it's additional access to those attached documents throughout the system. You can now set up a default ship to address for each of your customers. Uh, customers may have a lot of different addresses, but uh, they might have a centralized location where you would typically send all of uh, the shipments that they order from you. Uh, so you can set up the ship to code field, which is the, the shipping address that'll be the default on the customer card, and that will default in all of the, the sales documents when that customer is selected. When you're creating a corrective credit memo, uh, we now check to see if there are already corrective memos, uh, credit memos created for that invoice. Uh, it's a posted sales invoice. So one person creates a, a credit memo and someone else comes in later and tries to create a corrective credit memo, we'll do a check to see has a credit memo already been created and applied to that. So you'll be able to see has it already been fully or even partially applied and know what needs to be uh, changed. Uh, just a, a quick way to make sure that duplicate documents aren't being entered into the system. You can change descriptions on GL entries. These are, these are posted GL entries. Uh, a lot of times you just need to do a quick correction of the description of that. They're posted records, so you can't change um, accounts or amounts or other details, but if you just need to make a quick change on that description, you can go ahead and do that on your general ledger entries. It, these will be ch uh, displayed in the change log entries if you're tracking those log entries as well. So you can see what changes have been made if they are. ISO codes are added for countries and currencies. Uh, these are re required for a lot of functions like uh, reporting, your electronic invoicing, electronic banking. Uh, ISO codes are used for universal identification of, of these entities. So we have them added now for countries and currencies as attributes for those, uh, for those records. Rapid starts, we have a couple new features for rapid start. One is configuration package errors. 
as we're walking through configuration packages and do these imports, uh, the, the change here is that we can now sort these uh, and look at errors by configuration package. Uh, rather than seeing a full massive list of all the errors uh, for the entire import, they can be sorted, by, uh, sorted and grouped by package so that it makes it easier to assign out changes and looking at the errors that have happened with that import. The next one is being able to review the data imported from the Excel as part of that configuration package before you do the import. So we have uh, import configuration package data from Excel. It's an import preview page that gives you a preview of all the changes that will be made before you actually do that import. Uh, in looking at previews, the next one is being able to preview payment, prepayment, preview prepayment postings. Uh, that's a mouthful. Uh, but it's good functionality. Uh, several releases ago, we released the ability to do a preview of a posting. Uh, so that would give you a, a list. You could preview, click preview posting on, an, on a document, and it would show you all of the ledger entries that would be created based on that posting prior to posting. Just a preview of what's going to happen to all of your ledgers based on, uh, based on that action. We have now added that functionality for prepayment invoice posting as well. Uh, and preview prepayment credit memo posting. So you can see what ledger entries are going to be created when that action actually happens. Uh, you can do bulk email and uh, resending of remittance advices for payment journals and vendor ledger entries. Uh, from, that, from that ledger entries page, there's an action that says send remittance advice. So you can do that in bulk uh, by selecting the, the entries that you want to send it for or even resending after it's been sent. And we can select a checkbox in the general posting setup that lets us show all GL accounts on posting setup pages in the GL account lookups. Uh, functionality today by default, when you open up a lookup, it only gives you the, it only shows you the list of GL accounts that are filtered based on the account categories where you would normally see those accounts. So it's a sales document uh, or specific to that sales situation, you would see the accounts that are appropriate for that. If you want to see all accounts rather than a filtered list, select the checkbox and when that lookup uh, is pulled up, you'll see all accounts rather than the filtered list. All right, that was a whirlwind of the, the application improvements. Uh, hopefully you have some questions. Hopefully you saw something that, uh, that you wanted more detail on and you can ask questions in our, in our Q&A, but also make sure you look at documentation. The next section that I wanna look through quickly is just a few features on client improvements. One of the things Chad mentioned early on is that once we get to fall, we will no longer have uh, a Windows client that will be moving to our modern clients. It's a web client. And we, a big focus has been over the last several releases on making sure that that modern client is it's beautiful and functional and that you can get your work done in a, in a good modern streamlined user experience uh, for, for a modern ERP system. So we've continued to make those improvements. And here are just a few of some of these improvements that have happened in the April release to that modern client. The first one is focus mode. If you're looking at a document with line items, uh, if you see the full document on the screen, and not a lot of space is left dedicated to entering line items. So if you're someone who needs to enter a whole lot of lines on that document, you can either select the, the focus mode icon or hit Control Shift F12 
as a shortcut, and that'll expand out the lines on that screen to take up the majority of the screen, giving you uh, a lot more access to real estate, uh, to the screen real estate, to entering those line items. Just one of those productivity features for people who are entering a lot of, lot of line items on those documents. Another one is uh, being able to set the work date. We have a reminder of what your work date is, and you can dismiss that if needed so it's not showing all the time, but it's showing as, ex as you would expect it. Uh, most users won't see anything because they use today as the work date, but if you're using, for example, a demo company, then you'd see a reminder of what your work date is that's not today. Uh, this is also a, a fun one uh, that allows you to more quickly get through a document. Uh, the tab field, uh, as you tab through fields on a page, hits every, uh, hits every field on the page. So you have to do a lot of tabbing to get through a document. We've now added quick entry. So you can define which fields on a page uh, you, most like, you most often use. So in this uh, animated uh, picture we have here, it shows the customer name, the due date, description, quantity, line, discount. If those are the ones that you use most often, you can define those as your quick entry fields. And as you hit enter moving through the documents, it'll only hit those quick entry fields rather than going to every field on the page. We also have an autosave indicator. Uh, one of the things that uh, some users say is, uh, have issues with when they're working with an ERP system is that the data is automatically saved in the background. And when you tab off a field, it's already in the database, it's already committed. Uh, and for some applications where you have to physically click a save button uh, and users coming from those systems, that can, be, uh, that can be a confusing experience, not understanding that it's automatically saved. So we have an auto save indicator up in the top right field showing that we are saving. It'll change when uh, data is changing. So it shows saving or saved, or, or it could also display not saved if there's a disconnection between the, the client and the, uh, and the server. But for the most part, you're just going to see saved uh, because that data is being uh, automatically committed to the database from the application. And optimizing readability. Uh, you have the option to select which fields on a page show when you select the, the show more action on a page. Uh, that, that's new in, our, in the new modern client. Just select it as part of your personalization and those pages as you do show more or show less will show just the fields that you have selected as being important to you. <clears throat> and last but certainly not least, um, th this is one that's, uh, that's been important and a popular request is, what do I do when I need help and support? So we've added a page. You can select a question mark in the top right of the window that tells you what you can do when you have a question. Uh, if you're not sure about functionality, if you have a question about an error message, something happens where you just need to more information on how to proceed in the application. What do I do? Uh, we have a help and support screen. So it goes step by step for an end user uh, on what you can do. It uh, gives you resources on places you can go for documentation, for help, for community, uh, for looking for ideas on, uh, on just general functionality of what, to, what it's doing. A link to business central ideas. How do I give feedback on how to make this application better? Uh, it goes directly to the engineering team. And then steps for troubleshooting. And then uh, if you, for troubleshooting on your own specifically, the inspect pages, so you have page inspector, we have uh, telemetry that, that the user can use to see what's going on in the application. But the final step 
I need help, I need somebody else to help me out, direction on who to contact if I do need help. So it's a step-by-step walkthrough of what an end user can do when there's a question on how to proceed in the application. Um, and this is an important piece uh, that's helped quite a bit in our help and support uh, story for the application. So that was a whirlwind view of a whole lot of application functionality, uh, improvements to our client, and I will turn it back to Chad to, do, to continue with the roadmap. All right, thank you, Jared. Um, the next thing we're gonna talk about is the Power Platform. And I'm gonna put up a bit of a diagram here on the architecture of it. Uh, perhaps you want to know, perhaps you don't, but essentially what Power Platform integration is, is the ability to use Power BI, Power Apps or Flow against your Business Central uh, solution. And with that, we have a couple of connectors um, and content packs. So with Power BI, there are 12 content packs that are available out on the App Source page uh, under Power BI that gives you an example of how to start on Power BI and then you can build any of the reports you want. We auto-deploy some of those default reports within your role center and of course you can add any Power BI charts or reports that you want to several pages within Business Central, including the role center, including the item page, the customer page, vendor page to really personalize the experience and give you the data you need to make the right decisions. On the Power App and Flow side, I talked earlier about this being your ability to create a point app or a very unique app, a lightweight app for a certain task that you need to perform. Perhaps it's a stock counting task that you want to put on a mobile device. Um, you can build that through Power Apps and write that result set back to Business Central or pull that result sent from Business Central, update it, and write it back. We can also use Flow uh, in order to send workflow approvals. And so these two areas, this, this power platform area is one that we are seeing really take off with our customers. So if you haven't talked to your partner yet about power platform, uh, whether it be Power BI, whether it be uh, Power Apps or Flow, check it out. Um, it really, really provides tremendous opportunity for you uh, to expand your business. Uh, to provide some uh, lightweight solutions and in a pretty cost-effective manner versus doing a code customization of Business Central as an example. Uh, for the next slide, talk about data migration. And so with this, we have some options for those of you that are on-prem and are ready to make the move to SaaS or to the cloud. Uh, the first thing you can do from any of our on-prem solutions is we have migration tools available for Business Central, for Dynamics GP 2018, actually it's 2015 through 2018, uh, for NAV and through 4SL, you can transition directly across to an instance of Business Central. Uh, we have an offer out there with a full license transition. Uh, we bring across your master records and your beginning balances. Uh, so you have that capability if you're ready to make the move right away. The other step that you can take is what we call a transition journey. Uh, and this is for those that want to stay on BREP for the moment, but perhaps you want to sync and take advantage of this midterm offer. So uh, talking to your partner, basically if you stay on BREP, we have an offer for $20 a user where you can invoke a cloud instance of Business Central and we sync your data from your on-prem solution to Business Central so that you can try it out. You can It's a read-only instance for the most part. Um, but then we run it through artificial intelligence, we run Power BI, Power Apps, all those things as you start to look at perhaps transitioning your organization. And then when you're ready, you simply take that midterm offer and you turn it into the full transition offer and your data is already replicated up into an instance of Business Central. 
you set up your users and you're off and running. And so those are some of the options for you that are on-prem and are considering the move to cloud. Um, but as you've seen for our roadmap, we have no intentions of removing any of our on-prem solutions. We continue to invest in the on-prem solutions. The one difference here is NAV has been renamed Business Central. So if you're an NAV 2018 customer, kind of wondering what was the next version, it's Business Central. It's just the on-prem version of Business Central. And we will carry forward with on-prem releases as we go forward with our work. So let's, this, this is a slide that you can have as well that just talks about the different uh, migration opportunities and uh, replication opportunities. So I won't stay on this one too long. We talked about it in the last slide. Let's talk about the roadmap and the call to action. And we have spent a good part, portion of today talking about the April version. Um, if you are uh, in the Business Central SaaS service and you signed up for the service since April 1, you've already been using the April version. If you are a customer that signed up prior to April 1, we are now rolling out the update uh, from prior versions to that. So you will see a lot of this functionality Jared just described, either in your tenant uh, right now or coming very soon to your tenant. That means we are full force from an R&D perspective on the next update, which is the October update. And for October, what we're doing is we are focusing on some very key architectural components along with some feature functionality. But the architectural components are important for you to understand as a customer or a partner of Business Central so that you can make your long-term strategic decisions. Uh, we continue to focus on the fundamentals of the service. So how do we make sure that we are performing from a SaaS perspective at an acceptable level? How do we make sure that the client that you saw that you can tab through and enter data in a quick way? How do we make sure that the updates are seamless uh, on that monthly update cadence? And so there is work that we have that we continue to perform against the service fundamentals. We also are taking a very strong look at the proficiency of the users and understanding how to make proficiency improvements. Several of the features you saw Jared present from an application standpoint were really around proficiency and how do you get through your tasks more easily or how do you hide and show uh, different data fields or tab sequence that allow you to be proficient when entering data. A couple of the big announcements that we've made recently at our um, partner conferences and that you need to know about as customers is for the fall release, for October release, uh, we are moving away from the Windows client and moving to the modern client only. This means that for both on-prem and for the cloud instance of Business Central, we will not ship a Windows client. The April release, this current release is the last version of the Windows client. We believe the modern client uh, work that Jared showed, plus the work we have queued up for fall, uh, really, really makes a huge difference in the way that you use the system, in the proficiency that you can expect, and in the ability to have that modern experience that is, is really quite a beautiful experience and quite useful to, this, to you as, um, as customers. And so that is our stated direction. Uh, that is something that uh, you may want to talk to your VAR about if you haven't done so already, but we will go to modern client only when you upgrade to the October version of Business Central. On the architecture side, we are moving, as I said, away from CAL and um, C side, and we are moving to VS Code and AL. We've introduced this a few years back with the extension framework. Uh, we will be moving more and more towards extensions. This is a difference between on-prem and cloud, though. Uh, with the cloud version even today, the only way that you can add a solution or a per-tenant 
um, extension is through the extension architecture. That's all based on AL. You do that through VS Code or your partner does that through VS Code, and then we publish that as an extension. We do allow you to do your Seaside customizations in the April version of on-prem. When you get to October, that will not be allowed. It will all be converted to AL. So you need to have your VAR or the ISV make sure that they run through a conversion from CAL to AL. Um, we are not requiring those to be extensions for on-prem in October, but we are moving that direction. Uh, we want these to be a identical code bases at some point in time. So it's in your best interest to look at that as, can I make those customizations a, I have to take the customizations move them to AL, and can I consider them as extensions or make uh, them into extensions now because that will benefit you long-term. And we continue to enhance the migration tool. So if your choice is to move to cloud, we will make that an easier switch uh, from on-prem to cloud. Going forward then, um, some of our stated goals, these are really the architectural goals, so there's many other things that we're doing besides this, but we will continue to focus on the proficiency improvements uh, obviously, the modern client we've talked about, CDS, data, and intelligence, those are in our roadmap for the post-October timeframe to continue out. Uh, VS Code and AL only, we talked about that, um, and then expanded localization footprint. We are in uh, 21 countries from our perspective. I think we have 12 countries where we're partner-led, so there's a total of 33 or 34 countries at Business Central is available in today, um, both on-prem and cloud, and we will continue to expand that uh, footprint as we go forward. That's our roadmap. Um, so when it comes to um, calls to action, I've got three slides here, and I just really wanted to make it clear of some of those calls to action. Number one, October 2019 version of Business Central, both on-prem and cloud will be modern client only. And so you're gonna to wanna to talk to your VAR and your uh, partner and make sure that uh, you're ready for that, uh, whatever that means. Start using it today, start testing against it. That's the, that's the version we'll have for our client. On the next slide, what you'll see is that we are also moving to modern tooling. And so this is the CAL to AL conversion that I talked about. It will be AL only. Uh, for the fall or the October version. If you're using cloud, it'll be extensions only. If you're on-prem, you can still have AL and a code customization, but it behooves you or benefits you to move to extensions sooner than later because that is our end game uh, whenever that time comes. Yeah. And then to wrap this up uh, into a slide that really makes sense uh, for you uh, as users, again, we talked about the transparency. So we have the April release notes out there that cover April through September. In uh, a couple of more weeks, we should have the October release notes out there. Um, you just go out to these uh, to the April site, and you can back in and find the October release notes, and that'll be the stated uh, features that will be coming from October to March uh, for Business Central. Uh, we look at the ideas site. We look at it frequently, and that's where many of the features that you saw, Jared, demo, come from is from you entering or voting for ideas that are already on the, the aka.ms uh, backslash BC ideas. So do take the time to go out to the idea site, enter your suggestions, know that we look at them, know that we deliver against them, and know that we, uh, we do value that feedback greatly. 
From your perspective to prepare for the uh, October release, I mentioned the Windows client. Um, ensure your VAR is testing your solutions on the modern client. There will not be a Windows client. So if you want to make the move to the October release, that will be something that you need to test and make sure that you're ready to go. And a lot of the work that we're doing should make that pretty seamless for you, but it is something to be aware of. And of course, the move from CAL to AL, there is a tool that is available for the VARs uh, or ISVs. It's called Text to AL Tool. Um, they know where to find that. They can search. I think actually if you do a, a Google search or a Bing search, you find it as well. Um, but if you want to start moving your code over to AL, you can do that. Um, and again, that will be the requirement for both on-prem and cloud in the fall is AL. The additional requirement for cloud is that it's an extension, not just a code code. So with that, uh, we do have a few minutes. I show nine minutes where we can open it up for questions. Uh, Lori, I don't know if you're going to come back on. I think you said to moderate those. You bet. Absolutely. And we do have a few. Thanks for sharing those links here, too. A couple of them, these individuals could actually submit ideas. Steve, thanks for this question. In the customer merge, will it merge customers that have open posted documents and ledger uh, references associated? I may have missed that point, he said. So I can read that again. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And that's... Um... That's something where it will just, it merges the two records and assigns the single um, the, the single ID for the, the, the one that's kept to the rest of those documents. Okay, and Steve, if you have any second parts of that question, just raise your hand and, and I can unmute you too. And then Gregory asks, when you are fixing variants in the BOM, Bill of Materials, routings and production orders, when are you fixing variants in the BOM routings and pro production orders? Uh, great question. Um, <laughs> I would submit that one to B uh, BC Ideas uh, site. Um, I don't know that we have a current plan, but we can check back on that. And certainly if it's in the ideas area, we, we can take a look. But I hadn't heard that one yet, so that one is news to me unless Jared you know more about yeah that, that's that's not the my area of focus so I'm not sure if it's out there but um, we, we do have program managers that work specifically in that area that might be on their radar if not uh, definitely go out to BC ideas either enter it or vote for it and make sure that uh, that one gets moved up in priority and thanks Greg Gregory for sharing that and then another um, inquiry from him is when are you giving us comments editor so that might be another great one to submit in the ideas yeah, that's that, that, that's one that I have heard before. Uh, I have, couldn't tell you off the top of my head where it is in uh, where it is in our engineering backlog, but I know it's in the backlog somewhere. But please vote for it on BC Ideas and make sure it gets pushed up in priority. Sure. The more people that uh, enter that, the the more um, visibility it'll have to it. And then Steve is asking, will this be posted in the Navig previous web section? I would present um, to a few developers in my group. Yes, Steve. So we do record these, and I do ask. Thanks for asking that as well. I will ask Jared and Chad to send me their PowerPoint deck, and I will post the PowerPoint deck. There were some great links there, too, in the end. Um, and I'll post that with the recording, and you will have that It'll either be up on the site later today or for sure it'll be up there by end of day Monday. And um, because you registered, you will get an email with a link directly to where it is on our website. But if you go to navlog.com and click on participate when you're logged in, 
you'll see webinar recordings folder and it will be in there. And then Gregory asks, will there be an Android and iOS client? Yes. Yeah, there already is an Android and iOS client, so you should be able to download that from the store today, actually. Okay, thank you. Yeah, please, go, please go check it out. Download that app and give us feedback on it because they're out there. Uh, I use them. They're pretty cool. Great to know. And I'm just picking here to see if there's any hands raised. There is not. So I think that wraps up the questions we have for today. Thank you, Chad. Thank you, Jared, for sharing this with us. Yeah, and thank you all for the attendance. Appreciate it. Yep, thank you. You bet. Well, enjoy the rest of your day, all. And um, one more point. If you do have a question after you hang up the line today that you think of, post it out on navlog.com in the open forum. And uh, folks like Chad and Jared who watch that uh, will, will respond to your inquiries. We have a lot of subject matter experts uh, that uh, follow that each and every day. So take care, all, and we will talk to you again soon. Bye for now.